Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. A pinnacle of engineering. Kia EV6 GT. The most powerful Kia ever crafted. Right across South Australia, this is Sports Day. Welcome to the summer edition of Sports ASA on Cruise 1323 and 1629 SENSA. You'll hear Sports Day every weeknight at 6pm with me, Paul Wanza. And tonight joining me, former Geelong, former Sydney player and Ken Farmer medalist with the Eagles, it's Dan Menzel. Welcome back to Sports Day, Benz. Bonds, it's good to be here. There's plenty happening in the sporting world. Uh, really looking forward to getting into the tennis and a few other sports tonight. Yeah, we'll talk about the Australian Open, uh, do a bit of a recap of what's happening over there. We'll speak to uh, Liam McBean from the Glenelg Footy Club coming up later in the show. Yeah, which um, I'm really looking forward to seeing how they're looking next year. I think they were inconsistent last year, the base, so it'll be interesting to see what he says about that. Yeah, so if you've got a question for Liam, or you want to um, have a have a chat, or let us let us a question for us to ask Liam. That's what I was trying to say. <laughs> Text in on oh four two seven one five four one double six, or you can give us a call one three hundred seven three six seven three six. So you're an Australian Open fan, you're loving it after only two days. Ratings will be down a little bit, men's, but uh, so someone's watching it though. I'm I'm sure the crowds have been good. But, um, Crowds are always good at Australian Open. It's a, I don't know if you've been. I've been in a few times. It's an incredible setup there at the Australian Open. They do it so well with the courts and then all the outdoor courts as well and then every sort of um, facility outside. It's a great setup in Melbourne. Yeah, so let us know what you think about the tennis and maybe Kyrgios, uh, not in the tournament anymore. Give us a, a text on 0427154166. And we are minding the chairs, of course, for David Wildey and Malcolm Blight, who will be back in these chairs just before the footy season starts. All right, it's time for our Aussie uh, Aussie Open update. Thanks to the Kia EV6 GT, a pinnacle of engineering, the most powerful Kia ever crafted. So, men's first day of the Aussie Open, uh, Aussies had a pretty good day. They did. They did have a really good day. Uh, there's some names that you probably haven't heard of if, unless you're an avid fan of the tennis that went really well for us on day one. Yeah, you would have heard of John Millman, though. Uh, Millman's been around for a little while, but he had a five-set win, um, which was an amazing. I was listening to I was listening to it on SEN last night, and it was great to listen to uh, Brett Phillips and, and Mark Woodford commentating that, and he had a win over his Swiss competitor, Marc-Andre Hussler. Hussler. At 6-7, So he won the last two sets, and uh, he goes on to meet just an average player, Medvedev, in the second round. Who was absolutely dominant in the first round over USA Giron. He won 6-love, six 6-1, six six That is as dominant as it comes. Yep. And it's an ominous sign of what John Millman's going to come up against in the second round. Yes. And a man we haven't heard of is Rinky Hajikata, yes. who's an Aussie. Well, he beat uh, Yannick Hanfman or Hanfman. 
in five sets as well. So he was out on court eight and the crowd around court eight, word, word must get around at those tournaments, men's, where there's something going on over there. We got to get over there. Yeah. And that, and that's, I touched on at the start. That is the best part of the Australian open is you get to walk around to those outside courts and you can go into whichever court you want. And so when you hear a bit of atmosphere in one, and then you might see an Aussie flag when you can see the scoreboard, you wander on in. And if you wandered into this game, you would have stayed around and seen an incredible win down two sets. He was. And uh, Rinky went on to win the next three and the crowd and the atmosphere was electric. Yeah, well done, Rinky. Uh, Jason Kubler had a win against uh, Sebastian Bayers. 6-4, 6-4, 6-4. Straight sets. Well done, him. And Olivia uh, Gadecki had a good win in her first round, 7-5, 6-1 over Kurtamatova. Yeah, so really good to see some uh, lower seeds that are Australians make it through the next round and see the next or new generation coming through. So there's some names to watch out for in the second round. There's some games currently going on today at the moment, uh, Bonds. Jordan Thompson's playing. He's down two sets to one live as we speak. Uh, Andy Murray's playing Mario Berrettini. That is in five sets right now, late in the fifth as well. That's an incredible game. So there's a couple on the moment. Novak plays tonight. He's got a metal. He's got a metal plate, metal hip. Is Andy Murray now? He's yeah, got a, it's had a hip replacement and still playing. Murray, Amazing. It is, and Mario Berrettini is 13 in the world. He uh, he was in a Grand Slam final not long ago. So that'd be an incredible win if he can get over him. They're about to go to five all in the last set as well. So that is an incredible game. Novak plays tonight. Uh, be interesting to see the response he gets from the crowd. I think it'll be reasonably good. I, I think we've forgotten already. We we have forgotten, I believe. That's, Alex uh, Dimonor tonight as well. Yes, and Tanasi Kokonakis as well. So there is plenty happening. He takes on Fognini from Italy. Um, Alexi Popperin as well. So there is so many Aussies in action again tonight. Uh, and so... If we can have the results that we did yesterday, you'll see plenty advancing into the second round. So it's been a great start for the Australians. Are you a bit sad to see Kyrgios not playing? Oh, it's it adds to the theatre. It'd be great for Australia as well. He's come off a career best year. Uh, potentially, when he spoke a week ago and said, I'm one of the best players in the world, I can absolutely win this tournament, uh, he knew that uh, maybe he wasn't going to play. And so by throwing that out there, it releases uh, there's no real pressure because he's not actually going to play. So... Uh, an interesting one. There's been some discussion around that, but it seems like it's a clear injury and it's it's disappointing. It, it opens the door for some other Australians and you touched on Dominion tonight. He's our highest ranked at 22 now, so it'd be interesting to see how he goes. You're listening to the summer edition of Sports ASA on Cruise 1323 and 1629 SENSA. Oh, Men's, our hot topic tonight is uh, brought to us by Repco Authorised Service Centre. You can rely on your local Repco Authorised Service Centre for expert car service. Book online at repcoservice.com. We're going to talk about the Strikers and the Sixers, which isn't far away. No, it is uh, it's 40, 40 minutes less, less than 40 minutes. Yep. And as a result, the toss has just been flipped and the Strikers have won the toss and they've chose to bowl. So we will be chasing tonight. Interestingly, I've just looked at the lineups and Josh Phillippe, by the looks of it, is out for the Sydney Sixers. Well, that helps the that strikers. Definitely helps the strikers. Uh, Steve Smith will open the batting. Uh, and so it'll be interesting to see what total they put up 
uh, in Sydney. So it's uh, in Coffs Harbour. Yeah, it's not uh, not at the SCG no. or not at uh, North Sydney. It's uh, CX International Stadium in so Coffs International <laughs> Stadium there in Coffs Harbour. So unsure what the pitch is going to be like. Uh, there hasn't been any games played there this year. So the Sydney Sixers, however. They are absolutely rolling at the moment. This bonds was my prediction for the final yes, the start was. of the tournament. And I'm going to stick with it. The Strikers, I still believe, will make the finals and the Sixers are rolling. They will finish in the top two. So it is a big game for us tonight because if we win tonight, we jump back up to that third position, which is a double chance. And it puts us in a really good position to make the finals, the top five. If we lose, however, we fall back to the pack with the Hurricanes the Thunder and the Heat who aren't out of it either. No. Um, Chris Lynn obviously played his last game the other day. No Peter Siddle. He didn't go to Coffs Harbour. They did take Jordan Buckingham. I just want to know if they, they wouldn't announce the sides quite yet. We might keep an eye on that and see if Buckingham gets uh, gets to wear blue tonight. It will be interesting. The The bowling lineup has changed a lot throughout this tournament for the Strikers as a they result. rotated it, hasn't yeah, they? Rotation, injury, and lack of form at times. Henry Thornton's another one who's been in and out. Uh, Harry Conway. So it will be interesting to see which way they go. Wes Agar has bowled better the last couple of games. Correct. So he will lead the attack. Um, and so if Buckingham gets his chance, that'd be great to see. Uh, but in terms of our batting lineup, again, we, we played poorly the other night, but there's no reason why we shouldn't be scoring runs with Alex Carey, Travis Head, Matt Short, Adam Hose, and now Colin de Grandholm coming in uh, for where Chris Lynn came in. So that top five is pretty nice. It, yeah, it's a really solid batting lineup, absolutely, when you had Travis Head and Alex Carey. They play the Sixers tonight. Their remaining two games after tonight are the Scorchers at home on Friday afternoon and then they play the Renegades next week. So they've got to, if they win if they beat those teams they're going to finish well inside. They might even finish top 2 if they win all 3. Yeah, and again, top 3 would be the goal from here. You want to make the finals, but top 3 is the double chance. Now, if they win two of their last three with that net run rate because we pulled the Thunder out for 15, I believe they'll finish in the top 3. So we need to win two of our last three and it probably means we have to beat the Renegades because they're the other team that's right around us at the moment. So if we can take one win, one game from either the Sixers or the Scorchers, the top two teams in the competition, leading into the Renegades in our last game, I think we'd take that and it yep. would put us in a really good position to consolidate on where we are and, uh, and and jump into that top three. If we lose tonight, however, like I said, it brings us back down and we're no guarantee of finals. I think it's just a must win. They've got to get the job done. They've won the toss. They're going to chase a total Hopefully there's no rain around and uh, they can just get the job done. Uh, come on, strikers. Got to get the job done. Um, Liam McBean's going to join us later in the show and you can be part of the show as well. You can text in on 0427 You can even give us a call, 1300 736 736. Uh, true or false coming up on the show. I've got some interesting true or false questions for you, Dan Menzel. And once again, don't forget, you can join us, 0427 154 166. That is the text line number. We You are listening to Sports Day SA on Cruise 1323 and 1629 SENSA. A pinnacle of engineering, Kia EV6 GT, the most powerful Kia ever crafted. Right across South Australia, this is Sports Day.
Welcome back to the summer edition of Sports ASA with Paul Bonza and Daniel Menzel from the Eagles and Geelong and Swans and anywhere else you played, Menz, you want to mention? Golden Grove Kookaburras. Golden Grove Kookaburras, give them a plug. <laughs> you can be part of the show as well. 0427154166. We're keeping the seats warm for Wilds and Blighty, who will be back just before the start of footy season. And uh, it's time for True or False, thanks to Toolkit Depot. Your one-stop shop to get back on the tools. A new year means new year at Toolkit Depot. You go first, Mintz. I will, and we're going to stick with the tennis theme, and I'm going to have one for you, Bonds. Nick Kyrgios will never win a Grand Slam title. Oh. Um, heart says true. Yep. No, heart says false. Head says true. Yeah. I, I don't think he will, no. No. I, I'd love him to. I agree. All right, true or false? Uh, neither Novak or Nadal will win this year's Australian Open. That is false. Uh, Rafa <laughs> played against Jack. Are you, you sure? <laughs> yes, I'm very sure of that. Rafa played against Jack Draper in the first round, who was a very good tennis player from yes. England, and uh, he, he beat him in four sets. He looks good. And Novak is Novak. He's going for his 10th. I would not pick against them. Uh, if I had the field of those two, I'll take those two. Uh, Bonds, the Adelaide 36ers will make the NBL playoffs this year. Um, Tough one for you. Can I ask, answer that tomorrow or the next weekend? Um, no, look, I, I, I will say yes. I'll stay true. I'll say yes. They'll get it together and they'll win a couple of games in a row. And I think Southeast Melbourne will miss out. Yes, interesting. Okay, yep. Uh, right. Um, yeah, it's me. Uh, the inclusion of Travis Head and Alex Carey back into the strikers lineup will guarantee the strikers a spot in the finals. That is true. Uh, Chris Lim is gone and Rashid Khan is gone. However, those two back in will be massive. We need to win one of the last three to guarantee fi- uh, to make sure we're probably going to make finals. Two will guarantee it. I think they will have enough firepower and score enough runs for us at the top of the order to make it into the finals. Uh, Bonds, the 49ers will win the Super Bowl this year. No, they will not. That is false. I like your team. I like the Eagles. Oh, yes. I, I think they're going to win it. So, uh, Niners fans, I'm sorry. I think that's false. I don't think they'll win it. Um, but I love the way they're playing. Uh, true or false, Dan Menzel, Alex Demonor will have his best Australian Open and make it past the fourth round. Oh, that is tough. I am going to say true. Uh, he's playing well. I think the field could open up. If he's playing Novak in the fourth round, then I'll go back on that. But, uh, <laughs> well, that's that's the possibility, yeah. and he's never got past the fourth round. Well, I'm going to do a backflip then and say false. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Novak is almost unbeatable in Australia. Yes. Uh, one more for you, Bonds. Yes. Uh, for a third consecutive year, the Sixers will play the Scorchers in the BBL final. I think that's false. I, Who will? I, 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 I think that there's another team coming. Yeah. Okay. I mean, three. Yeah. Let's, yeah. let's be honest. Three years in a row, the Sixers and Scorchers, they're currently one and two. If they do that... That shows the domination those two franchises Correct. have on the Big Bash at the moment. I just got a feeling that one of the other teams, whether it be the Strikers, I th- think the Hurricanes are still in it. Yeah, I do. I They're do starting too. to play some good cricket. Yeah, I agree with that. So, uh, yeah, let's wait and see. Um, last true or false is uh, an easy one for you, my friend. Uh, does Tom Brady retire? That is true. Uh, probably. What do you think he does? 
Uh, yeah, I do actually. Okay. Uh, probably six months too late. He might still have his uh, wife and everything else uh, in order if he did that six months ago. But look, their, their teams, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, uh, aren't going to win it. They're not. They're, they're not at the right time. So maybe if he doesn't retire, the question might have been better. If is he going to play at Tampa next year? And that is definitely not. That is no. He happen. said goodbye today. Yep. So. Look, it's a really tough one. I'm going to say true, but I'm not confident. That was true or false. So you're listening to Sports ASA on Cruise 1323 and 1629 SENSA. Well, that's the thing about, that's what I like about. Yeah, that's the thing about, the thing about football. Now, men's, we've got a little bit of AFL news. And sad it's sad news. news. Yeah. From, from both the Adelaide Footy Club and St Kilda Footy Club, and we'll talk about Adelaide first. Paul Seedman's Seedsman has been put on the inactive list once again after he continues to struggle with his concussion. Yeah, look, that's really sad news. It uh, shows that there's some clear issues there, and in a way it shows the uh, improvement we have got as a society and with the doctors and the medical team nowadays that he is not just going to be rushed back in and playing his health uh, for the rest of his life is far more important than his footy career, and that's what uh, the decision has been made here. Yeah, I really hope it's one that uh, it doesn't have long-lasting issues. We know about CTE now, especially with the American football and NFL and the movie Concussion as well, and you just hope it doesn't impact guys' lives as they go on post their footy careers. He can't play again, can he? No, sure, surely not. Um, not. Not after missing a couple of seasons. Uh, it's it's something that, yeah, the doctors will have to look at that and, and find out a bit more, but that, that does uh, seem like that's the likely case going forward. And the other uh, bad news comes from St Kilda, and it's a man we know very well. It's Jack Hayes has broken his foot in pre-season training. He'll miss eight to ten weeks. Sad. It is. After this, rupturing his ACL. That's the thing. He ruptured his ACL, ACL last year uh, in only round five and had just got his start. He's 25 years of age, just got his start at AFL level, been overlooked for years and years, deserved his opportunity as much as anyone, dominated at the start of the year last year too. Uh, got a Brownlow vote as well. Did his ACL, unfortunately. Has had a pretty good rehab, got back on track and has now broken a bone in his foot. So he'll miss the first half of the year, which is – Sad for Jack and it's sad for St Kilda and it just compounds the injury of Max King as well in their forward line. Ross Lyon's got some uh, some decisions and he's got to find a few in their forward line, some key position players to help them kick a score this year. If you're a St Kilda fan, are you thinking about switching teams? You must do this every year. You must go, oh, not again. <laughs> Well, if Ross they, is going to the ta- worst luck ever, they they do. If Ross is going to take him to uh, three grand finals and lose them all again, then yeah, I think probably you would switch teams then. But um, no, it's extremely unlucky for St Kilda. Uh, Max King is their most important player. I think there's no doubt in that. He won them games last year single handedly. And so Jack Hayes almost did that as well. So two massive outs for them. They've got some young kids coming through that they're going to have to blood in that forward line and help kick a score early days until these guys are back in the second half of the season. Yeah, it's bad news. Um, so it's a bit of a dampener. But coming up on the show, we'll get up and about with Liam McBean from the Glenelg Footy Club. You'll chat also, men's, about a little bit about Glenelg and your thoughts on them for the year. Yeah, let's delve into that and where they're going to finish on the ladder and who's going to play well for them this season. 
And you'll have your men's American update. Uh, you talk about the NFL wildcard round. Paul Bonzer and Dan Menzel on Sports Day SA, Summer Edition. Welcome back to the Summer Edition of Sports ASA on Cruise 1323 with Paul Bonza and former Ken Farmer. Well, he is a Ken Farmer medalist, Dan Menzel. And we've got another one on the line and the, the, uh, Liam McBean's about to speak to us. And he is brought to us by Tyre Power's big holiday sale, which is on now 25% off selected Kumo passenger and SUV tyres. <laughs> Liam McBean, welcome to Sports Day SA. Thanks very much for having me. I appreciate it. Um, great that you could join us. Now, how's pre-season going for you? It's been really good so far. We've, um, yeah, it's, I suppose obviously a little bit of change at the club um, over the off-season, and um, I think as a result, it's yeah, it's, it's had a, it's had an interesting effect. I think it's really galvanised our group, and um, we've had a lot of players that have come out earlier to training that are potentially a little bit a little bit older and a little bit more seasoned that are just keen to kick back uh, and get back into it, sorry. So, um, yeah, so far we've, we've had a, a really good start to our pre-season and, um, yeah, I think it's going to be a pretty exciting year ahead. Now, Beanie, you talked about that change and that freshen up. I want to ask about a couple of the exciting recruits. James Bell, I played with him at Sydney. How's he been so far? Yeah, he's, he's very exciting, Belly. He's, um, yeah, came across before Christmas for a couple of weeks and, um, got a bit of a feel for the place and trained with us for a few sessions. And, um, yeah, I think, I mean, you'd be able to attest to this, Dan. He's, he's lightning quick. He's got great skills, very, very slick and composed with ball in hand. And um, I think he's going to add, a you know, obviously an offensive layer to our side, but also I think defensively, um, yeah, his sort of tackle pressure in the midfield and up forward I think will be really invaluable for us. You know that, Will, his energy will be great for you guys. Now, another one I want to ask about is Cameron McGree. So from Ranella. He was much sought after. I know the Eagles went after him and a couple other clubs potentially, and you guys got him. Uh, you probably more happy than anyone because maybe you won't have to ruck so much next year. How's he been? He settled in really, really well. Um, you know, hand in the glove at the moment, Cam. So, yeah, I think he had an outstanding year um, with Ranella last year and, um, like you mentioned, a few clubs chasing after him. And obviously played a little bit of sample footy, at South, um, being a bit younger, and I think um, a few more years down the track now, I think he's matured a bit more, and I think he's got a real passion and drive um, that outweighs probably where he was at um, a few years ago when he was playing at, at sample level. So we're wrapped to have him. I think um, he's going to provide a really good look for us in terms of that mobile ruckman that can get used around the ground, and he's, he's come back in really good shape too. So, um, yeah, I mean, for, for myself personally, it would be nice to have a, um, you know, type someone of his calibre to now take over that number one ruck spot and, um, you know, I'll support him in in whatever way I can. Liam, another player I'm sure you're very happy to have back at the club is Brett Turner. Settled back in like hand in the glove? Definitely, yeah. I think, um, you know, it's obviously been documented sort of what played out with Brett and, um, you know, he's in in amazing shape considering he was pretty much training uh, on that Crows training program up until almost Christmas time as well. So, um, I think he's got you know a fair bit of fire in his belly, and and that's probably fair enough considering the circumstances. And um, for him, you know, I can't be more proud of him. I think to get to where he got to, despite the fact that it was obviously the uh, the end result wasn't quite what he would hope for. Um, you know, to be able to 
going from playing at West Adelaide, come to Glenelg, get himself onto an AFL list. Um, you know, it's an incredible effort nonetheless. So I'm really looking forward to having him back in that midfield um, for us this year. And I think, um, you know, him with a bit of fire in his belly and a bit angry is going to be a pretty uh, big handful for opposition players this year, I'd say. You mentioned uh, briefly at the start that there's been a bit of a change. Uh, new coach, Darren Reeves, into the club and uh, Richard Douglas back at the club as an assistant. What have you noticed, uh, I guess, what's the um, immediate feeling around the club with those two coming on board? I think it's a, it's one of excitement at the moment. I think in terms of since I've been at the, the footy club, our, our coaching group in terms of how you know well-rounded across the board it is is probably... Um, as complete as I've seen it since you know I came across in 2017, I think um, you know Darren Reeves joined us sort of just before Christmas, and right away he's made a really big impression um, on you know the senior leadership, but also the wider playing group. Um, really keen to build you know genuine relationships right from the get go, and I think he's got a really modern day philosophy on um, on how to play footy as well. And um, you know everyone I've spoken to you know, regarding him that you know potentially come from other clubs. Um, I've always raved about him as nah, not only you know as a as a football person, but as as a human being. He's just a a really really good person to have around your footy club, and um, to gain someone of you know Richie Douglas's quality, who's obviously played a lot of AFL footy, who knows the modern game really well, um, and I think he's got some really really good ideas um, about how to make us a better footy side. Um, yeah, it's it's a really good position that the club's in. So. A lot of optimism, um, a lot of positivity, certainly around the group at the moment. So, um, yeah, looking forward to continuing to feed off that and hopefully continue to take us further. And just on taking you further, finished in fourth position last year, knocked out in the semi-final by the Red Legs. A uh, little bit probably inconsistent, I guess. Maybe that might be fair to say as a team last year. The Bays. What needs to change this year in twenty twenty three? Yeah, you're spot on. I think where we're at as a footy club now is that we we really expect a challenge um, to be the number one side in the competition every year and I'm really proud of that. I think the leadership from you know um, from a board level CEO all the way down is we're all very much aligned in that same vision that we're not prepared to settle for fourth and you know take the pat on the back as you know as if it was a good year. So we were pretty disappointed. We were definitely inconsistent across the year last year and, and obviously losing some key players in amongst that um, you know certainly didn't help us but I feel we certainly underachieved in terms of you know I I think the quality we have on our list, we've still definitely got potential. We had potential to probably to do more, but you know, as a playing group, we just couldn't quite um, you know string the games together from a consistency perspective. And um, it's been a really good learning curve, I think, for our group now. We've got a really good core um, of players that are starting to really take hold of the club and want to take it forward as well. So there's a lot of room for optimism, like I mentioned before. I think fourth place for us, yes. Well, looks like we've lost Liam there. Okay, yeah, so uh, Sam's trying to get him back. Glenelg themselves this year, what are your thoughts on the club and, and where they're going? And there's some positive positivity coming out of uh, Liam. In fact, uh, I think we might have him back. We do. Sorry about that, Liam. We lost you there for a second. That's all right. Yeah, I guess, like I mentioned before, we're, we're in a position of the club where we want to continue to push to be the number one side in the competition. So, um, yeah, it certainly felt like it was an underperformance last year. So lots of um, you know motivated players in the playing group that are looking to to get better. And I've actually I don't think I've seen the group as such in in a stronger and a fitter position. And well, that's very cliche in a preseason, but um, I've, yeah, I think there's a lot of players that feel um, you know a sense of responsibility for how we performed last year and want to really challenge to get themselves better and, and hopefully bring everyone else around them 
up to that standard. So um, it's a really good feeling around the group at the moment, for sure. Now, Beanie, uh, enough about the Bays. I want to ask a couple of questions about you. Uh, state captain last year. You're originally from Victoria. Um, so question, now being the state captain, do you call yourself a South Aussie now? <laughs> That's a contentious one. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> I Look, I think South Australia and Adelaide is, is now my home. Um, myself and my partner have just bought a place here as well and um, are very, very um, cemented in, in the lifestyle, you know, obviously down close to, to Glenelg. So I really love what I've been able to achieve, um, you know, from a lifestyle perspective since moving to South Australia and, and the people that have surrounded me since I've come across have helped me to do so. So I think, yeah, at this stage, South Australia really for the, the short and long term looks like it is um, certainly home for me. So, yeah, I'm absolutely loving my experience here so far. Good to hear. And I think a lot of people will be interested in your answer on this question, having played in both competitions, the comparisons between the Sandful and the VFL. It's a great question. I think, um, you know, irrespective of how I really feel, the only answer is going to be the Sandful, really, isn't it? Um, <laughs> but no, I think, um, look, I think the, the VFL competition for, for me and the four years I spent there um, in Richmond's sort of development program was... I think this, the competition itself, I feel like, has um, now become more of an AFL development competition. Um, you know, there's only probably four to five standalone clubs that are, or six clubs that are remaining. And um, I think when I was playing, it was certainly an opportunity to try to develop your, your younger core players. And I think that does take away from a little bit of the integrity of the competition, if I'm completely honest. And um, I think, you know, being in this environment in the sample, where you've got you know, such a rich history of clubs that have, been around, you know, Glenelg's been around for 101 years now, uh, 102 years coming up now. So I think with clubs with that sort of rich history that are um, all playing against each other, you know, obviously with 10 teams and two that are AFL aligned, I think it's, yeah, for mine, I feel like it's a, it's a definitely a, a better supported um, system than what was in the VFL. But um, yeah, I think that's, you know, from, from my experience, what I've, what I've uh, seen so far anyway. Yeah, I tend to agree there. Now, Bonds, I have to ask this question to Beanie. He has won three Ken Farmer medals. That's very impressive. Will this year be number four? Oh, look, it's, um, I think realistically, as you would know, Dan, you're a product of what goes on up the field. And, um, you know, if a midfield um, is able to, to give you a lot of supply and as a forward line group, we're able to turn the ball over closer to goal, then um, we certainly reap the benefit, but you know I'm, a, I'm one of um, you know quite a few options that can really kick a score from us on a, on a, any day really. And last year I feel like we saw the emergence of Lockie Hosey and really starting to grab a hold of it and, and make it more of his now. And um, for me, it's it's certainly not about the Ken Farmers, and I know that's once again a bit of a cliche statement, but I'm really why I'm playing now is to win premierships, and I want to you know keep driving um, this club to that level and. Um, whatever the byproduct of that looks like, if it means that you know I'm kicking the goals, or if Hosey's kicking the goals, or if it's Luke Reynolds or you know, any other forwards that come through there, um, you know I'll be I'll be really really happy with that. So um, I suppose it's a bit of a long-winded answer, but um, well you know, answered, wh- well played. <laughs> whatever comes away, but I think yeah, it's the premierships that I think we're all chasing now. Yeah, there's four Ken Farmer medalists between all of us, and uh, I think that's <laughs> I'm sure there's a couple more to come. Uh, I want to talk to you, Liam, about what other sports you like to watch? Are you a, are you a cricket nuffy? Uh, do you like American sports? Uh, look, I think um, I think if you ask anyone that knows me really well, uh, my my love for cricket is very minimal. Uh, I don't really get around the cricket at all. <laughs> um, but basketball, is, basketball has always been a bit of a, um, 
been something that I've I've kept an eye on, and I don't support anyone in particular. And but you know, I do enjoy the basketball, and uh, much to my girlfriend's disgust, I did love watching the World Cup, um, the Soccer World yes. Cup, recently when that was on. So um, they're probably the main ones at the moment. And I'm sorry, like anyone, when the Australian Open's on, I'll always grab the racket out and, and try to uh, have a crack at that too. So um, yeah, a bit of a vary. <laughs> Now, Beanie, before we let you go, a little rapid fire to finish. We're going to ask a player from each club this at the end of the interview. So rapid fire to finish, whatever comes to mind. We're going to start with who is the player for Glenelg fans to watch out for in 2023? Uh, I think realistically, Brett Turner. I can't go past him. Yep. Who is the benchmark team in the competition outside of Glenelg in 2023? have to say Norwood given the last year's performance they were outstanding and they did it in such a great way to win that grand final so yeah I'd have to say Norwood yep who will win the McGarry in 2023 oh it's a good question I'm gonna I'm, I feel like I'm I'm keep going on about him here but I reckon Brett Turner I've got him penciled in massive uh, a player from another team that you enjoy watching I actually really enjoy watching. Um, he's towed us up a few times when I was played against him. I really enjoy watching Paddy Wilson when he's at full flight. Yeah. Um, just you know, good good size, mid kicks goals. Um, yeah, he can be a really damaging player. So I reckon he's probably the one. And last one for you: favorite ground to play at away from home. Uh Back with the Sturt theme, I'd say actually Unley Oval. I don't know why, but wow. um, always seems to have a little bit of success at Unley Oval. So I'm not sure if it's the time of year we play there, but um, yeah, I do like playing at Sturt. There's always a good crowd between Sturt and Glen Elk, so bigger the crowd, the better, I think. Liam, thanks for joining us on the summer edition of Sports Day SA. Really appreciate you giving up your time and have a good year yourself. Thank you very much. I appreciate you having me on. Thanks, Benny. What a great player and, and an ambassador for South Australia. Now, you ask him about whether he's still Victorian or yep. South Australian, but he clearly loves the state and he's here for a long time. A great player and speaks so well. And he, Glenelg Footy Club should be proud. Oh, they should. And he's won three Ken Farmers. That's, uh, there's not many it's players incredible. that can say that. That's uh, incredible consistency over a long period of time. Interestingly, he said Sturt only. We yes. had Cole Presby on last week who said Norwood. Um, not too much running at this smaller, smaller grounds. grounds. But also, I think, Beanie, he can sit in the goal square. It's only one kick away there. That's maybe why he's kicked a few bags. So it's uh, it's a reason potentially as to why that oval is his favourite and he's dominated there. And so just to finish on Glenelg Bonds today, uh, now, Beanie talked about some of their incoming players with Brett Turner, James Bell, Cameron McGree in the rock, Connor McLeod from Woodworth Torrens as well. So some nice recruits there. They've lost a little bit of experience with Andrew Bradley, retiring, as with Jordan Murdoch, uh, Michael Virgin as well, and Jack Hanneth has retired. So there's a few that have gone. Yes. Uh, I just want to touch on their strengths really bit briefly. It has to be their forward line, doesn't it? Uh, Absolutely. It's, it, it's the, the names I've got in their forward line and you're adding Brett Turner to get out in the middle to those guys. Exactly that. You said the names. You've got McBean. You've got the runner-up in the Ken Farmer, Lockie Hosey. You've got Luke Reynolds, who still is a very good player. Stag as well up there. Uh, their mids are pretty decent too, but I've gone with their forward line as their strengths. Their weakness or RFI has to be their back line. They've lost Curran, Bradley, and Durden over the p- past two years, plus Murdoch off the halfback flank. Uh, so they need to find a couple of role players. They've got Proud and Pink back there who've, who've held down really well for them, but they need to find a couple of role players for mine. 
The MVP of their team, uh, it's not just because we spoke with him, but the guy who can play as a key forward and you can also put him in the ruck, it is so valuable. There's not many players in the competition that can do that. And so I would say that Liam is their MVP, even though they've got the likes of Turner, Partington, Allen and Snook. Thoughts on that? I completely agree. He is their most important player. And to have a successful year in 2023, Glenelg needs their midfield and in particular uh, Cameron McGree in the ruck to stand up. Now, if they can have a really good gel in the midfield with those guys that we've mentioned, with that forward line, if you can get the ball inside 50 more than the opposition, they're not going to lose many games because they have such a potent forward line. They also set up well behind the ball. And so it's exciting for Glenelg fans if they can get that midfield right. And lastly on Glenelg, where do you think they're going to finish on the ladder this year, Bonds? I've got them in the finals. Uh, I think they'll finish about fourth. Yeah, round about there. Third, third, fourth, fifth. They'll be thereabouts, no doubt. If they can get that team right, they've got as talented a list as any team in the competition. All right, you're listening to Sports Day SA on Cruise 1323. You can be part of the show as well. Text in on 0427 154 It's now time for Men's American Sports Update. And let's get into the NFL first. Boys. Yes, and you should because you can stream you can stream every NFL game live on NFL Game Pass. Visit nflgamepass.com. You better hurry because the season's finishing very soon. It is, but there's still some massive, massive games to come over the coming weeks. And boy, wasn't it an incredible first round of playoffs? The wild card round, we saw some really close games and we saw some dominant teams in the wild card round. Uh, I did pick an upset, which I was very happy with. There's a couple of others um, that might have missed on. Um, but uh, let's go through the games, Bonds, and let's start with the first game. All right, the 49ers uh, defeated the Seahawks 41-23. Pretty easy win to the Niners. Yeah, they were dominant. They were down at halftime. The Seahawks actually put together a pretty good first half, but they came out and showed how relentless, how good they are, both on defense and offense uh, against the Seahawks. They look so potent in attack, the 49ers, with rookie Brock Purdy as their quarterback. He hasn't lost as a player yet in the NFL. But then you've got Christian McCaffrey at running back. You've got Ayuk at wide receiver, George Kittle as well. They have so many options. Debo Samuel's playing everywhere. They, for mine, Bonds, are almost uh, probably the favorite of the team to beat, even though they haven't got the one seed. They look as complete as anyone because their defense is extremely good. They did it quite easily. On to the second game. How about this game? Uh, Chargers were beaten by the Jags 31-30. to 30. I watched all this game. It was unbelievable. <sighs> unbelievable. For those who don't know, the Chargers were up 27-0 to zero at uh, one stage in the second quarter. Late in the second quarter as well. The Jaguars scored a touchdown just before halftime. And so they made it 27-7. to seven, But... Uh, they absolutely butchered this, the Chargers. They've got a good team as well. I thought they could do some damage in the playoffs. As a result, Trevor Lawrence led the Jaguars back at home to win with a field goal as time expired. And the Jaguars go through the next round to take on the Kansas City Chiefs. And Chargers missed that field goal when it was 30-20, which yes. probably cost them the game. The Buffalo Bills defeated the Miami Dolphins 34-31. Yeah, the Bills, a lot of people's pick to win the Super Bowl. They played against the Miami Dolphins and Scott Tyler Thompson, who is the Miami Dolphins' third-string quarterback. They didn't have Tua in there. So this wasn't an impressive win for the Bills. They they did enough to get the job done, but it certainly wouldn't fill you with the confidence that the 49ers did. 
They have a massive matchup next week, the Bills, and we'll get onto that team in a second. But uh, Buffalo, they need to play a little bit better if they're going to go better than last year. Giants beat the Vikings 31-24. Impressive this. Brian Dables, New York Giants, and Daniel Jones as quarterback as well. A massive win for the Giants away from home. They knocked off the Minnesota Vikings, who had a very good season. They were the underdog. I picked the Giants to win this one, Bonds. I just like how they have a really blue-collar approach on offense and defense. And next week, they will need that because they will take on the number one seed, my team, the Philadelphia Eagles, so I'm hoping that they can't quite get it together next week. But uh, a massive win for the Giants. Another good game was uh, Bengals versus the Ravens. Bengals winning 24-17. Yeah, this one was very predictable. And the reason this was predictable, we touched on it last week, is Lamar did Lamar Jackson did not play. And so he he's had a contract at the end of the year. He's had a niggling injury. He's going to get more than $100 million in guarantees. He's decided not to play, not quite ready. They realistically had no chance. J.K. Dobbins, their running back, actually come out and said, if we had Lamar, we would have won this game. Massive call. He's probably right because the Bengals did not play well. The play of the week came from this game. If you want to watch one play from the weekend, tune in to the highlight where the Ravens have the ball and they have it on their one-yard line. Tyler Huntley goes to jump through and take it over the top of the whole pack. As a result, one of the Bengals players knocks it out. The big center, the big defensive lineman from the Bengals catches it and runs the ball 90 yards back for a touchdown. The crowd goes wild. It was the play of the weekend. And as a result, it's the reason why the Bengals won this game. And the last game today, a sad note for Tom Brady. He's out. Cowboys defeat the Buccaneers 31-14. Yeah, they did. The Cowboys never gave the Buccaneers a chance. They got off to a really hot start. Dak Prescott played a lot better, which he needed to do because he'd been struggling in the previous month. And uh, it was. It was disappointing for Brady and the Bucks. They never got their game going. The Cowboys' defense is the real deal. And so it's going to be interesting to see how they go next week because they come up against the 49ers, arguably the two best defenses in the whole competition. Massive matchup. It's going to be probably the matchup of the weekend next week. So the Cowboys, they look good. They are every chance again next week against the 49ers, who for mine are probably the best team in the competition right now. Quickly, before we go, um, you've got uh, some NBA and you are listening to Sports Day SA on Cruise 1323. Yes, let's get on to the NBA. How good is that intro? And so we are rolling in the NBA at the moment. Uh, We'll touch on a couple of the better teams. LeBron got a win today after a disappointing one-point loss yesterday to the 76ers. They knocked off the Houston Rockets, who, to be honest, they should be knocking off at home because the Houston Rockets are 10 and 32. They're the worst. 10 and 34 now. They're the worst team in the competition. Yep. LeBron dominant again. He's uh, maybe a week or two away from being the all-time points scorer in the history of the NBA. He's going to go past Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Pretty incredible achievement from LeBron. Amazing, amazing player. Um, Jordan's still the GOAT, but LeBron has been outstanding in his whole career. Outstanding. I think it's a clear one and two. Now, if we just quickly go through a couple of the teams up the top, the Boston Celtics are your Boston Woo-hoo! Celtics bonds are rolling 33 and 12. They're now three games clear of the Brooklyn Nets and Milwaukee Bucks in the East. They are looking very good for that. Keeping a lid on it. Men's keeping a lid on it. Number one seed. Uh, if we go to the West, uh, we touched on them last week. It hasn't changed much. The Denver Nuggets 
And uh, shout out to Ben Hook again. The Memphis Grizzlies are both 30 and 13, playing extremely well. They are five games clear of the New Orleans Pelicans and the Sacramento Kings. So finishing on the NBA, Bonds, I want to go through uh, your pick for the MVP. I'm going to throw up a few names here. There are some incredible players in the NBA this year. Here's a few players. There's six I've got that are the clear six. Ja Morant. He's playing extremely well for the Memphis Grizzlies. Joel Embiid's going all right. Jason Tatum, your boy Jason Tatum at the Celtics. Giannis from Milwaukee, Luka Doncic, and Nikola Jokic going for his third MVP in a row. Who would you have currently as the front runner for MVP? Tatum. Jason Tatum, that is fair. So it's Yeah. A little bit of bias. A little, also, little bias, but he's clearly the best player at the moment. Well, and they're first in the East, the Celtics. The the Denver Nuggets are first in the West. So the Jokic for mine is potentially the MVP. I've got Tatum second and Doncic in third, but it is going to be a great race in Fantastic the Fantastic work, men's. We've got to go. Thanks for joining us again on the summer edition of Sports ASA. We'll see you tomorrow. We'll be back for more sport here on Cruise 1323. A pinnacle of engineering, Kia EV6 GT, the most powerful Kia ever crafted. Right across South Australia, this 